We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Pride Podcast is sponsored by the D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. Thedline.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters. Brady's got it. Wants to throw from deep in the pocket. Throws deep downfield. He wants to set. It is picked off by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, twenty-five. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 18 of the Pride Podcast. Today, today, we will be covering some of the combine stuff, some positions of need for the Lions. I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm. I am with the Detroit Lions video page. All right, guys. So the first position I want to get onto is, I think, the most important position for the Lions, and that's the edge rusher position. Or we could, you know, rephrase it and say the front seven. I want to hear your guys' favorite prospect after the combine from uh, the front seven. Pierre, go ahead and start it. The front seven. I think it's not, it's not a secret. I don't think it's a secret. Everyone knows I love Josh Allen, but realistically, will he be there? Probably not. So I'm going with the guy I really, really want. Brian Burns out of Florida State. <clears throat> uh, there was concerns about him like being underway. He played at 225, and there was rumors he was at 235. Well, he measured at 249 pounds, which is really, really good for him. He's 6'5", 249, and... Uh, he ran a 4.5340. He had a 36-inch vertical. And his seven cone was a 701. So this wow. guy could rush. That's actually impressive. Yeah, like yeah. I said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, and he looked really fluid in his linebacker drills. I watched those. I don't know if you guys saw those, but if you guys watched him in the linebacker drills, he looked really fluid. He looks like he could move. He could be versatile. He could play linebacker, play edge rusher. So, yeah. Thank- a thing I do love about Brian Burns is the versatility, like you said, and that's something that uh, Bob Quinn, you know, really values. You know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. You see what he does with those offensive linemen. He loves those versatile players, and you know, obviously on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Brian Burns makes a lot of sense. I know you, you both of you guys, are really high on him. I like him too. He's, you know, he's one of my favorite prospects as well. So let me say his stats, Tyler. He had 69 QB pressures. He had 10 sacks. 15 and a half tackles for loss and three forced fumbles. Those were all this year. In his wow. career at FSU, he had 23 sacks and 38 and a half uh, tackles for loss. A lot of production until he was in 18, so that's right. great to see, man. It's Very impressive. See. Very impressive. For sure. Uh, Malcolm, who's your uh, favorite prospect, you know, realistic option, I guess we could say? <laughs> well, I can't say Brian Burns. Um, yeah, I know but, you like him a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot, man. Um, we'll see what Patricia do. But uh, other than him, I would have to go with the linebacker from LSU, um, Devin White. I like Devin White a lot. And if we could, for some way, like address the pass rush in the free agency, I think he would be a great option to to draft. 
I think he's probably the biggest. He'll probably provide the biggest upgrade immediately to the defense. The way I feel, because I think he'll immediately improve the the coverage um, with our linebacking core. As far as um, covering tight ends, covering the, the, the running backs, he would definitely improve from what Jared Davis did last year if we um, plug him in. So I, I love him. Um, as far as what he did in 2018, his stats, um, he had over 100 tackles. Um, wow. 123 um, tackles, 12 tackles for a loss. Um, he had three sacks. Um, okay. He also defended, batted down six passes, three um, three forced fumbles, and um, two recovered fumbles. So he's definitely really active in that defense. And he also had a crazy combine. Like for a linebacker, those numbers are – Really haven't been seen before. When you talk about a linebacker, when you when you six when you six foot and you you know you two thirty seven, and you run a four four two forty, that's just crazy. I yeah, just think that's just, that is crazy. That's like it, super it, fast. It, it, it's crazy. He also has a forty inch vertical, so that and and he also benched twenty two um twenty two reps for the two twenty five. So I think he's an all around guy. I think he could be one one of those. All pro players one day. He reminds me a lot of Patrick Willis. I think he could be that type wow. of player. That's he could awesome. be that. He could be that type of player. Um, <laughs> as far as Patrick Willis, so I love him. And pairing him up with Jared Davis, our our linebacker right now, man, that could be scary. That could be really scary. But um, one thing I have, one one of my concerns about Devin White is he he sometimes he over pursues. Yeah. But a lot of young linebackers do that. So with playing time with better NFL coaching, I think he could like. He'll improve on, it. and I do like him at seven. I do like him. So yeah, a lot, mean, of, eight, fast, a lot of fast linebackers have that type of problem. Even Patrick Willis coming out, um, he had that same issue. But with the right coaching staff, it's easily corrected. And you know, once that happens, the sky's the limit with this guy. I think one of the perfect linebackers that came out probably like I've ever seen in my life was it's probably Luke Keekley. Luke yeah. Keekley was a straight dog his rookie year and been a dog since then. Hundred percent. So yeah. All right, guys. You guys ready to hear my uh, favorite prospect at pick number eight? Who's your favorite prospect? Edge, at the edge rusher position. He might be my favorite prospect in general. But at the edge rusher position, I'm going to go with my guy from Mississippi State, Montez Sweats. Okay. Um, I think you guys saw his combine. His his 40 number. Uh, his 40 dash was the best 40 dash by any uh, defensive lineman in, in combine history. He ran a 4.41. That's that's insane. A four point four one. You guys read that correctly. Tyler, for a defensive end, he ran a four four one. Yes. A Faster than Odell. Yes. Faster than Ebron. Yes. That's Faster crazy. than Kenny G. Yes. Oh shit. Yes, man. Like <laughs> that's crazy. This, and it, you know, he's a big boy. Six six. He weighs at two hundred six uh two hundred sixty pounds. Wow. I mean, th- this guy is a beast, man. I mean, he had twelve sacks in two thousand eighteen. And then in 2017, had 10 and a half. I mean, he even put, he, if you didn't think he was a beast enough, he gained 15 pounds at the combine. So if you guys, I'm super high on Montez Sweat. If he's there at pick eight, you know, not saying Josh Allen's not there, but if, if Montez Sweat is there and Josh Allen's gone, that's my pick right now, man. I, I really like Montez Sweat. The production he put at Mississippi State the last two years was, you know, tremendous. And, you know, gaining the weight. He already was a beast and gaining more weight, and then uh, you know the production he had for sure. And the combine, the, you know, I, I'm not the type of guy to always go on the combine hype, but Montez Sweat is one of those guys I'm enjoying the hype for. And uh, if I had to choose someone, I'm going with my man Montez. Now, Tyler, I have a question. There's a good chance that Josh Allen could be gone, mm-hmm. and there's a good chance that Montez Sweat could be gone. Would you rather have Brian Burns or Devin White? That's actually a great question. Um. You know, I want to – it's tough to answer right now because, you know, free agency hasn't started. And I don't know what right, they're gonna right. position they're going to get. I know you're all about the double dipping on the edge rusher position, you know. Yeah. But, you know, this is tough. I honestly probably would say Devin White saying we go for – like, let's say we get a Trey Flowers, a Darius Smith, or a Preston Smith. I'll probably say Devin White. But if we get a guy like C.J. Mosley, Jordan Hicks, um, Alexander from Tampa Bay – and then I might, you know, go for Brian Burns. It's tough. Right. I, I'm, I, I'm not would be disappointed with either pick, honestly. But as of right okay. now, it is tough. I'll give you a more clear answer. How about that after free agency? 
Yeah, All right, I, sounds good. Yeah, I, I agree 110%. And that's why um, at one point I had Devin White, and I was trying to decide who who who's my favorite between Devin White and Brian Burns. And it, it came down to that. It came down to free agency. And also, also thought about the, the money situation. If we pay a pass rusher um, in free agency, it, it's going to be a lot more money if we um, – Draft a, if we draft a guy, so I personally would rather us draft a, a defensive end um, instead of instead of spending all that money um, right. on on one in free agency. I agree, and uh, there's a lot of good linebackers in this free agency class. I'm really high on those three guys I just named: Mosley, Hicks, and Alexander. And if they want to go like short term, KJ Wright would be pretty good too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but he's like he's thirty, so. And there's also Anthony Barr in the market. He'll be a little more on the expensive side. But I know. think Barr uh, probably prefers a 4-3 team. It's a better fit for him. Yeah. But I do but like Barr. There's so, options. There's options. There's a lot of options. A lot yeah. of options. There's a lot of options in that front of seven. You know, there's the also uh, underrated pass rusher out of Denver, Shaq Barrett. You know, he didn't really get a chance in Denver. Derek Wolf, Von Miller. And then, so he, he also has a shot. You know, I like him. So we'll see what happens. How much money do you think he would command? Um, probably eight to ten. Okay. Uh, you guys want to get onto a different position? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I want to get into probably, our, in my personal opinion, the second most important position on this team. Uh, let's go with the tight end position, guys. Uh, Pierre, go ahead with your favorite prospect, the tight end position. All right. I, I have a favorite prospect, but these are like my favorite prospects. Obviously, Hawkinson. And I like Irv Smith, but we've talked about those guys in the past. You know, let's talk about someone these fans don't really know that much. I got two guys, two tight ends. All right. One of them's out of LSU, Foster Moreau. Um, Foster good Moreau. Combine. Yeah, he had a good combine. He's 6'4, 253. He ran a 4.66 for a tight end. Really good. Um, he had 22 reps on the bench press. He had a 716 cone. And for his. Uh, for his 20-yard, he had 4-1-1. That's the fastest of any tight end, the best of any tight end in the combine. So his 20-yard shuffle. I'm sorry, 20-yard shuffle. All these oh, guys breaking uh, records out here, man. But <laughs> he's mainly known as an inline blocker. He has to work. He, he needs some work. He's not a complete product, not even close, but the dude's potential is through the roof. Let me give you his stats this year. He had 22 receptions for 272 yards and two touchdowns. His average was 12.4. And then his career at LSU, he had 52 receptions, 624 yards, and 12.1 average with 6 TDs. So the guy is mainly known as a blocker, to be honest. He has some work to do as a receiver. He needs to get more fluid in his route runs. But overall, like for a fourth, maybe fourth, fifth round pick, he'd be good. I got one more guy. I was just about to ask you what round were you uh, projected for him yeah, to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, fourth or fifth, so... Another guy kind of projected in that area, but this guy's more of a development project. But if he develops, this guy can be a star. His name is Kahali Waring. He's from San Diego State. He's 6'5, 252. He ran a 4'6740 at a 36 and a half vertical. Okay. Wow. Now his stats, his stats aren't like the best because he he's, comes from a small school. He had 31 receptions. For 372 yards and uh, three touchdowns, that's an average of 12, like a catch. And then his career, he had 51 receptions, 637 yards, and 12 and, a half, 12 and a half average with eight total TDs. Overall, he's a good blocker, solid receiver. But like I said, he, he comes from a small school. He has a lot of work to do. He's a developmental guy. But if you give him two, th- two years, let's say, maybe a year and a half, the third year, he could become a star. No lie. Boomer bus type of player. So fourth to sixth round, kind of like that. He's a boomer bus type of guy. I like yes. it. I like yeah. it. Me too. I'm going to give you guys a tight end where, you know, I obviously think Irv Smith, Noah Fan, TJ Hawkinson are the best tight ends in this draft. But I don't, I don't you know, I'm not crazy where they're projected to go. I'm going to give you a guy where I like where he's projected to go and where we can get him in the second, third round-ish. And uh, he's tight end from UCLA, Caleb Wilson. I like it. He had a good... You know, he had a good combine. His 40, he ran a 4.56. His height is a, he's 6'4", weighs at 240. I mean, he had some solid production in college. I mean, he, in 2018, he had uh, 965 yards, four touchdowns, and 60 receptions. He averaged 16.1 yards, too. So that's, you know, that's really good. 
He gained an additional five pounds of the combine as well. Okay. You know, you know where he's projected to go, which I would say is probably the second, mid-second, early third maybe. I like the kid. I mean, I think he has a lot of potential. He, he kind of reminds me of a David Najuko from Cleveland or don't even shoot me, Eric Ebron kind of type player from former. Can he catch? Eric. Can he catch? He could catch, though. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> so, with the new offensive corner, Daryl Bevel, I think he could really utilize a guy like Caleb Wilson, where I think where Ebron would have fit really well with our team right now under Daryl Bevel. I think Bevel could use the most out of a guy like Caleb Wilson. Very athletic tight end. I like this guy, man, at the second or third round. Uh, he gives me a good vibe. He has good numbers in college. Comes from a good university. I like him, man. Tyler, can you say that 40 times one more time for the people again? 4.56 for a tight end. <laughs> you guys realize for a tight end, that's like that's kind of like a 4-3 for a wide receiver. That's really athletic for a tight end. Yes, sir. That, that's actually really crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, had a, he had a great combine, man. All right, Malcolm, who's your guy, man? So, um, who's my guy at tight end? Um, it's no secret. I am a Bama guy, so I really like Irv Smith Jr. Um, if there's a way that he does fall to us at number two, I will throw a party at my house. Um, but other than him, because I think he's going to go in the first round because he's you know, arguably probably the second best tight end in the draft or maybe the third, you know, however you look at it, he might go late first. So I'm going to give everybody a name that – not a lot of people are talking about. And he also didn't have the greatest combine. So I think this is a perfect situation for us to possibly draft this guy kind of late, maybe in the third, and the third, fourth round. Um, I'm talking about Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. He didn't have the best combine, but if you watch him on tape, he is a phenomenal tight end. If you look at his numbers, what he did last year, he had 48 receptions, 832 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So this guy, when I look at, Sternberger, I immediately think about is um, red zone, the red zone targets. This guy knows how to track the football in the red zone. So I think that's something that we're, we're lacking is that, that red zone guy. Right. And he, he would definitely fill that role. And because he didn't have the greatest combine, because he ran in the, the four sevens, um, he had a four seven five com, um, 40. He only benched 17 times and he had 31 inch vertical. So he didn't have the best combine. And I think that's, I think that works out for him. Because if you're a GM, if you're just looking on tape, you can see that this guy, he has potential to be good. And, you know, so hopefully his stock probably went to the third or fourth round that we can grab him. And he will be, I have a feeling that he could be a really great tight end. I agree. And 475 is not bad for a tight end. That's okay. So yeah, it's not, he's just it's not, not as athletic. Exactly. He didn't wow nobody. He didn't have a wild combine, which I think is perfect for him. Because... Yeah, guys like Wilson who had a four four forty. He wowed four, people. Five, so, six, four five six. Oh, 40. I'm sorry, four five six. You're good. Um, so he he wowed people with that forty. So his stock went up. So I think if if we were to get um, Wilson, we probably have to get him in round two because I don't think he's going to make it to round three. Right, I could agree with that. All right, guys, we talked about the tight ends. Now let's get into the wide receiver, where I think is. You know, I'd say the third most important position. Uh, Peter, hit me up with your guy first. Um, all right. So, uh, you guys remember Golden Tate? Uh huh. <laughs> you guys miss Golden Tate? Of course. Yes. I miss him. Of course, you miss I, I, production. I, I actually made a post about him today. Sure did. All right. Yeah. Um, if you guys didn't see it. Go like it. Yeah. Go like his post for sure. All right. Uh, so a guy that reminds me a lot of Golden Tate when you watch him on tape uh, is Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. Nice. Um, I do like him. He's he's five eleven. So people thought he was gonna be smaller. He came the good size, five eleven. He's two fourteen. Uh, for the forty, he ran a four four eight. That's pretty good for him. I thought he'd be a little slower than that. I was impressed with that. He had a thirty nine inch vertical for a five eleven dude. That dude got hops. And uh, his twenty yard trouble was four one four, fifth best among wide receivers. So he had God, a great line. Yeah, he's he's a yak dude. Let me let me read you his stats for this year. Sixty-two receptions, eight hundred eighty-two yards, eleven TDs, um, fourteen four point two average. So, I mean, dude, dude produced, and his overall career at South Carolina, he had one hundred forty-eight receptions, 
2,076 yards and 16 touchdowns with an average of 14. So the guy's a baller, man. And you know, I don't know. I, I like him in the slot. I think he'd be perfect with Kenny and Marvin. Man, he would win baller of the week a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he'd be Stafford's security blanket. We talk about that a lot. You know, when Golden State left, we had trouble with our passing game. So, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's pretty good at separating. Tape looks good. What round do you think he's predicted to go? He's round two. He might round not two. be there when we pick. I mean, I think highly of him. We'll see if he's there. If he's there, he'd be in the conversation. It just depends what they do on Monday and like this week during free next week during free agency. So, I mean, if they get like a Crowder or Humphreys, maybe take him off the board and then get a tight end. Maybe it just depends what they do. Yeah, yeah. Just, just want to give you just want to give you guys a heads up. Yeah, we are recording this before free agency has started, so we don't know. What has happened with you know the market? What the Lions have done in free agency? So this is all you know post combine basically. I just want to give you guys an update on that. Yeah, but yeah. Malcolm, give me your guy where you think you know a good production for a wide receiver. My guy, let's go with um, Iowa State. Um, Hakeem Butler. I'm. I know I talked about him three or four times in previous podcasts, but I like him a lot. I mean, this guy. He he's he's a really big target. And talking about Butler, I think he might go in the third round, hopefully, because there's a lot of guys that you know had really good combines, so it kind of pushed his stock a little bit down, but right. he could be a Kenny Galladay 2.0. I'm talking about as far as drafting this guy late in the third round and having production, maybe not immediately this year, but you know, a year from now or, or two years from now. He could be that type of guy. And bringing him up, if they were to draft him, it will bring it'll raise that red flag about, about Marvin Jones. Not not Marvin Jones this year, because Marvin Jones will definitely be on the team this year because Hakeem Butler is not ready to take over the NFL right now because he came from a small school. But, you know, Marvin Jones does have two years left on his contract. He will be 31 years old. He's going to be in a conversation of if we are going to re-sign him when he's 31. If not... That dude Butler could be an immediate impact. He come right in and you know have that type of production. So it'll be something to see if what they do if Detroit you know elects to draft him in round three. And well, that's why I just want to see how how he does. I mean, as far as stats, sixty receptions, um, one thousand three hundred eighteen yards and nine touchdowns. So this guy is definitely a baller. Um, he ran a full forty um forty. He had 18 reps on the bench, and he had 36 in vertical. So this guy, and he's also working with Calvin Johnson. So oh, I can't wait. To, yeah. Yeah, he's been CJ. working with Calvin. So I can't wait to see whoever gets Calvin him. He's a dog. Yeah, so whoever gets him, if we don't get him or whoever gets this guy, he has a bright future in the league. I guarantee it. Yeah, he's working with Calvin. You know, and what you said about Marvin, and when he feasts 31, I see no way in hell they re-sign him unless it's like a uh... – like a cheap yeah. deal or something. Very small deal, yeah. They don't. Uh, you see, when they Golden Tate, they trade him when he was thirty. If Marvin's like when he's that's in two years, I believe, right? When he's thirty-one, yeah. he'll be thirty. He'll come into next year, he'll be twenty-nine. Then the two thousand twenty, he'll be thirty. And the after year after that, he's thirty-one. And that's when his contract is up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll extend him. Maybe they'll trade him after next after this year, kind of like how they did with Tate. So we'll see what happens, though. Could It'll be. be interesting for sure. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting. I think the only difference is with the Golden Tate situation and the Marvin Jones situation is it really just depends where the Lions are that season. I mean, where if the Lions are in the, let's say, playoff race, you know, they're, you know, having a really good season by, I think, the trade deadlines like week eight or something like that. So let's say the Lions are rolling by week eight. I think it would be tough to trade Marvin Jones, especially if he's productive like what he was the year before, not last year because, you know, he was really hurt. But let's say he is, you know, producing. It's going to be tough to deal with Marvin. Right, yeah. and it all depends on what he does. Because if for some reason, if he comes out next season, and his season looks like how it was last year, you no, know, you can't control injuries. But if he does have an injury, it's going to be something they look at, man. I, I, I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see how 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 they handle it. I'm really interested to see if they draft a receiver in the top top three the top three rounds. Like if they get a big outside receiver in the top three rounds. It might be the writing on the door for, for Marvin Jones. I mean, it what? just depends what they do in free agency. And they also, they were the only team in the combine to me with, I believe his name is Dalen Doss. I think I'm saying that right. 
Yeah. He's kind of like a fifth or sixth round pick, you know? So, and this tape looks good too. I watched him. I was wondering, who is this kid? I've never heard of him. Then I watched him. I was like, whoa, this kid's good, but he's from a small school. So yeah. it just depends what they do, you know? Maybe that could be their Marvin replacement, that Daylon Doss kid or someone in the later rounds. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Who, who do you have, Tyler? Hey, yeah, I wanted to say one more thing about the Marvin Jones situation. I think, you know, it's tough. You know, this, but the receiver class is really stacked this year, so you could get a really good outside receiver in this draft to potentially replace Marvin in the future. But I don't know; it's just tough for me to look at options right now, especially in the first three rounds. So I kind of like the idea of what you were saying about Dawson, maybe around the sixth, fifth round ish. I like that idea, but you know, the first three rounds, I probably prefer to go more needs at the moment more than needs in like two, three years, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my guy from the receiver position. Uh, I think he's like a third-round projection, maybe even a possible late, late second. My bad with the stuttering. But yeah. I'm, going to go, I'm going to go with my boy, uh, Andy Isabella. Quick I talked about, Yes, sir. I talked a lot about Andy Isabella in the last podcast. And Malcolm actually wrote a fun fact that's saying he actually beat Denzel Ward in a 100-yard meter in 2015. Yep. Andy Isabella also beat Denzel Ward in something else. He beat his combine 40, 40 time. He ran a 4.31. Denzel ran a 4.33. So Isabella got another thing to go on uh, Denzel Ward. Yeah, uh, I see that coming. Yep. And Isabella weighs 188 pounds. Uh, his height is 5'9". So he is on the smaller side for sure. But, I mean, this guy's production at UMass is insane. And I mean insane. You could use this guy in the running game, the passing game, which is great. He's versatile. And, you know, like I said, Bob Quinn really values those versatile players. And he's another one that could be using both, you know, the running uh, receiving game. His 2018 stats, this guy had 1,698 yards and 13 touchdowns and 102 receptions. Like, that is like Madden stats right there. That is not realistic. Okay. You know. I really like Isabella in the third round. If we can get that guy in the third round, I would even trade up for him, honestly. I want to say uh, something about Andy. Andy reminds me, I mean, he's not there yet, but he reminds me a little of Brandon Cooks. I see it, man. You see the way um, the way New England used Cooks. They used him on a lot of screen pass. I could see that quick passing game. And then also, if you go to Seattle, the way they use Lockett, sometimes they use him on jet sweeps, you know, screens, deep pass. Like, he could do it all, I think. He could line in the slide, line up outside. I kind of see that with Isabella and Eunice Bevel. You know, Bevel could use him as our Tyler Lockett, quote-unquote. So We could even say Golden Tate with the lines. We used him in both, you know, the run game and the receiving game a little bit. So, I, I really like Andy Isabella. I think... And- he has a lot of potential, man. Also, saying? special teams. You know, his speed. You know, you could use him as a gunner, as a returner. Let's say Agnew goes down. Hopefully not. But you never know. Injuries are part of the game. You could play special teams. Be a gunner. He's a fast dude. I agree. The only thing that concerns me with him is his weight. I mean, he, he's, you know, on the smaller side. So, I mean, he could get, you know, if he gets popped, he could get hurt. That's the only right. concern. But other than that, I mean, I would trade off with this guy in the third round because – we're pick at 88, so we're a little later in the third. So if we had to go like maybe in the mid rounds, kind of like what we did with uh, Deshaun Hand in the fourth round, traded up, and even with Carrion last year, I kind of like the idea of maybe doing that with Andy Isabella, especially with nine draft picks. Uh, so yeah, that's my guy. A lot of production in 2018 and 2017. So that's my guy, at the wide receiver position. And right. I just want to, I just want to say, um, that. I wouldn't mind us trading up for him because we do lack that that home run hitter right. in, in, on offense. Like that guy that could probably take a screen and take that shit like eighty yards. Like that's what we're missing in this offense is that that guy that, that explosive play. Um, we have guys that can make explosive catches. Like we got Kitty Galladay, Marvin Jones, but I'm talking about getting like a screen or a slant and taking it like sixty yards. We don't have that guy. We don't have that guy in our roster right now. So four point three one speed. Yeah, man. so <laughs> that 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 would definitely improve the offense. And and looking at any of this Bella, it kind of reminds me of somebody. I'm not even gonna. I'm actually gonna say it. People are gonna be like, "You're crazy." It's Tidius Young. People don't remember Tidius Young in 2011 how explosive he was. Every time he touches, every time he touched the ball in 2011, it was crazy. Um, so it, it kind of reminds me of that. I think he's gonna have that same type of effect. 
hopefully not the same type of attitude. <laughs> not the same type of attitude. <laughs> no, Andy seems like a good kid, you know? So, yeah, Andy oh, definitely does seem like a good 100%. kid, but Titus Younger was an animal. Malcolm, I see that. I don't remember like Titus's like forty time, but I know he was like a burner. I see that, bro. He ran, he ran like a, a low four fours. It was like four four two. But yeah, Titus I see Young, that. he was. Uh, I'm gonna tag you guys in, in this highlight. That dude was an animal. 2011 animal. Yeah, I do remember Titus Young. It's unfortunate what happened to him, you know. So it it, it disappoints me every time I think about it, man. <laughs> Concussions sometimes get the best of you. They mess with your brain, but that's another topic. Yeah. Sad. All right, guys. Let's get on to our last position we're going to talk about on this podcast, and that's the defensive back position. Uh, Melvin, go ahead and give me your favorite defensive back at the projection. Well, supposed to go. Well, before I even bring up my guy, I want to I wanna let all the listeners know I was pretty hard on a cornerback. Probably – the last ten episodes, I was really hard <laughs> on a cornerback. On a cornerback that that was in the draft because on tape he just looked really slow to me, and um, he kind of proved me wrong. Me, me and everybody else wrong that thought that he didn't have elite speed, and that's um Greedy Williams. He ran a four four three eight, and he his his straight running looks great. But as far as I just want everybody to know, not hating on him, um, but. You kind of see what everybody saw as far as the reason why he looks slow on tape. And that's because he's really flat-footed. And even Dion brought it up during the drills that he was really flat-footed. So I just want to let everybody know that I was I was wrong talking about Greedy as far as his speed. Um, he's, he ran a 4.38, so kudos to him. Whoever he go, wherever he goes, kudos to him. Um, but the, the corner that I actually really liked in the draft Probably had one of the fastest 40 times. And he's a familiar face with a lot of guys that's on our roster right now from Auburn. Um, his name is Jamel Dean. And okay. he's a yeah, he, he's a bigger corner. He's six foot one, two oh six. He ran a four three flat forty. So and he also had a forty one inch vertical, which is insane. So um he's not a guy that's gonna come in right away. He's not an instant starter. He's gonna need time. But once he figures it out, he can be one of those guys that you put in there and you be comfortable. You could, you could be comfortable um, leaving him on the island because he has that, that type of speed that that's you can't really teach. You can't teach that speed. So I, I really liked him a lot. Who do 100%. Like I like two guys. I'm going to say both of them. I, I really wanted to say one of them, but I was like, you know what? I can't. I got to say both of them. So kind of have to. So one of the guys I like, local kid, no one really, I haven't really heard about him until I like. So I was calm. I watched some tape on him. He looks good. Sean Bunting out of Central Michigan. Potential second to fourth round pick. I don't know exactly where he'll fall. Um, but he had this. He's six feet, 195 pounds. He ran a 4.42, and he had a 41 and a half vertical. Wow. Dude can jump out of this like house, basically. He is tops. Um, he had two picks, five pass defense, and two forced fumbles this year. In his career, he had nine picks, uh, 15 pass breakups, and four forced fumbles. So, so yeah, I like him. Um, oh, nine interceptions. Yeah, in his career, it's, it's pretty uh, impressive. That's, that's really yeah. good. So, that's, you, know, that's really you, good. Pair him, you pair him with Darius Slade, possibly, in the future, and hopefully they, he'll develop, you know, and possibly take over Slade one day. Okay. Like, let's hear your other guy. Uh, my other guy, I don't know if I'm saying his name wrong, name right or wrong. Forgive me. Amani Arue. Did I say that right? Something like that. I, I hope so. I, because if I, he's I listening, you. he's going to be pissed. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. We, we just highlighted him. He should be happy regardless. <laughs> All right. He's, uh, this guy is probably a second round pick right there. He might not be there when we pick. Uh, he's a second round pick. He's 6'2", 205. I think he had a great combine for his size. He ran a four four seven. And uh, yeah, he had a 36 and a half vertical jumps, pretty good for six one. You know, he had a four one six 20 yard shuttle, pretty fast. So yeah, and the guy he produced at Penn State, man. You thought Bunting's number were impressive? Look at his numbers. He had three picks this year, eleven pass defense, and uh, fifty tackles. Wow. Yeah, in his career, he had eleven picks, twenty pass defense, and a hundred tackles. 
God damn, 11 picks? 11 picks. I thought the nine was impressive. <laughs> yeah, and so, that, I mean, these guys, too. we know Bob Quinn talked about playmakers. We're looking for playmakers. There's your playmakers. One guy had nine picks in the year. Another guy had 11 picks. You know, so you pair one of those with Slay, and they could play man because we like to play a lot of single high, cover one. These guys can run. So, yeah. And some of the lines are... Some of the lines are lacking as a playmaker, that cornerback two position. Right. And the two guys you named are, you know, they sound like playmakers at least. I mean, I don't really know much about them, you know, other than the combine. But, you know, the way you're making them sound, I like them, man. <laughs> Emmanuel Rue is like more uh, polished. I'd say he's probably a second round pick. The other kid, Sean Bunting, is probably a third or a fourth round pick. But their oh. tape is obviously like there's their corners. They, they get beat sometimes, but they have good tape, you know. They, yeah. They're both tackle well. They're good in the run game, so that's what they like. Unlike Greedy, <clears throat> not good in the run game. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you my guy. He, another local kid. Played at the University of Michigan, actually. So His, uh, his name is David Long. Uh, David Long had a pretty good combine, man. But to be fairly honest, I'm not really high on many of these DBs in this draft, honestly. I think it's one of the worst right. classes, honestly. I agree. But, I mean, David Long was one of those guys that did stand out to me a little bit. He's kind of more of a second-round projection. But uh, he ran a 4.45. His height is 5'11". He weighs at 227. The guy actually put on 29 pounds at the combine. So that's, you know, that's wow. pretty impressive. Yeah. But, you know, the guy's you name. I mean, my guy's not, I guess, as impressive. He had three interceptions in his college career. But he only played two seasons. But... I mean, David Long had a very good combine. He was pretty productive in Michigan. I like him. Second round, I'm not really big on, honestly, a defensive back in the second round. Unless I'd be more high on a safety than a cornerback, honestly. I just, you know, I'd rather get another position. But if we were going to go cornerback route, you know, I wouldn't be disappointed if we got David Long. He might be there in the third because this corner class is kind of weird. You know, teams are probably going to go with who probably they they think fits their system best because this corner class, like you said, there's no one who really stands out. I mean, you look at the difference between Greedy Williams and Amani Arue, it's not really a big difference right now. Yeah, you're right. But teams like to draft based on potential, and Greedy Williams' potential is high, but right now, and he has a high bus potential too. It's just, we'll see what happens. There's no one who stands out. Yeah. You know, especially if the Lions do go out and get themselves a veteran cornerback in free agency. I definitely not want a cornerback in the second or third round, to be honest. Yeah, maybe if a guy like Sean Bunting is there in the third or fourth. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. All right, guys, for our next topic, though. You guys this, and we haven't said this in a while, but we're going to go with the oopsie doopsie, basically, of the week. We're going to do one that, uh, a highlight of each position of guys, you know, we just don't want. We're going to go back to the edge rusher position. Malcolm, hit me with your oopsie doopsie at the... I guess we'll not edge rush position. We'll go with the whole front seven. So the person who actually hurt their draft stock the most, probably think out of everybody in the draft class, was the edge rusher from Florida, Polite. What the fuck happened? What happened? Man. <laughs> like, man. Coming in, he was projected to be a potential late first-round pick. But I don't even know if he's going to be there. He might go on to day two or day three. Like it, it was his combine was just that bad. Um, you know, hopefully for his case, he has a hell of a um pro day. Hopefully, you know, he comes back and have a hell of a pro day. But coming in, he he was looked at as one of the most explosive explosive defensive ends in this draft class, and he came out running a four a four eight four. Jesus Christ! And then he just gave up. People are saying that he faked the injury. And he just yeah. didn't participate in nothing else. I'm not yeah. sure if that's what happened or not, but it was just it was just bad. It was just weird. But the thing that concerns me the most is that his combine definitely does not match his tape. So I'm hoping that there's some some kind of disconnect. Something happened, and that's why he ran that 40. And he comes back with a better with a better pro day because this dude he he his tape is really good. He had 11 sacks last year. He's not, he's not right. a, you know, he's not a bum. Um, hmm. He had 19 and a half tackles for a loss. That's his last year. And um, six forced fumbles. So there's some kind of disconnect. I'm not sure what happened with you know Polite. What, 
you know what made Polite's day even worse? There came out a report the same day, I believe, that he said he doesn't like to watch film on himself. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, he, like, he doesn't. He doesn't take criticism well either. Some teams were talking about him. He's like, yeah, the Rams were the only teams that were nice to me. What? Like, bro, you're you're having a job interview. You don't say that. I mean, I don't yeah. know if he's coaching him up, his agent, or if he's even getting coached up. But like, they need to do a better job preparing this kid. Honestly, it was bad. It was it was terrible. Like his stock. Like I don't see. I, I see him as a third round pick now. He lost millions of dollars, man. Lost millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he comes back on his pro day, but his combine not he'll good. Of, he'll have a lot of proving to do in his pro day. That's yeah, he for sure. has a lot. Yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> what about you guys? Who do you guys have? Peter, go with you guys. I, I, I want to wait my for guys? my guy. I want to go with my guy last. All right, my guys are not front seven guys. My guys are both play on the offense, and I have two guys, and they're both from Georgia. Okay. So I want to start with one guy I really liked. His tape looks better than his combine, but he he gave me some concerns. Uh, tight end out of Georgia, Isaac Nawada. Oh, God. Not this guy. <laughs> He's 6'3", uh, 244. He uh, he ran a 4'9", 140. He needs some milk! 4'9", 1 is really bad for a tight end, and this is oh what concerns me. That tight end has wheels. He had a 28-inch vertical eye also. Oh so that's like yeah. a 6'3". <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't jump well. He's very slow, but he was productive. He had, uh, this year at Georgia, he had 30 receptions for 430 yards and three touchdowns. And in his career at Georgia, he had 68 receptions, 100, I mean, uh, 905 yards and eight touchdowns. So, I mean, if th- this guy could be like day three on draft, I'll take him in the sixth or seventh. I don't care, but I would not take him like fifth, fourth, fifth. No, one through yeah. five. No, sixth and the seventh, maybe. It's safe to say his stock dropped. Yeah, bro. Huh. He was projected to go like third or fourth. Now he's fallen. He might go undrafted, honestly. 491, 28 inch vertical. That's, that's very bad. The dude was bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was his cleats. Maybe it was his shoes. <laughs> we'll see how he does in this pro day. I mean, if he could improve on those, I don't know if he will, but if he could improve on those slightly, he might, he might, uh, he might get better. He, he could help himself. Mm-hmm. Another guy, I like to tape a lot, and uh, one of my friends actually represents him. One of my agent boys represent him. Uh, running back, Aja okay. Holyfield. He's, I mean, he's 5'10", he, 270 pounds, so good size, you know, decent size, but the 40 scared me, man. He had a 4'7", 40. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But one, one positive about him, he's strong. He did 26 oh reps with the bench press. For a running back, that is strong, 26 bench reps. So he could be like a power guy. Like, I wouldn't mind him in day three, you know, sixth, seventh pick, something like that. Maybe a fifth-round pick on him. I don't know. It, it, it his combine hurt me because his dad is one of my favorite boxers of all time. Yeah, right. And one of my uh, one of my friends represents him. So yeah, so watching his combine, it, it definitely did hurt. Um, because his stock definitely definitely dropped with his yeah. forty. It, it was bad. So he had a he this year though he was productive at Georgia. Man, this year he had one hundred fifty nine carries for. 1,018 yards, 6.7 average with seven touchdowns. So that's pretty productive. Yeah. Productive player. But his career, he didn't get, he didn't touch it that much, you know, because they had Nick Chubb. They had uh, Tony Michelle. Yeah. So his career, though, he had uh, 215 carries for 1,340 yards and 6.2 average and nine TDs. So he broke out uh, this year, basically, in 2018. So yeah. that helps when Sony and Nick Chubb are not there. Right. Yeah. Four seven eight is a little concerning, but maybe it could be like a Legarrette Bunt type of player in his career. Oh shit! No, not like that. Like, like, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Hold up. Let me say this. Not the Legarrette Bunt we saw this year. The Legarrette Bunt we saw earlier in his career. Is that better? Okay, yeah, definitely. Because if that was if he could come out as Legarrette Bunt last year, his ass needs to stay right in Georgia. He, he almost gave Malcolm a stroke. Because you know, the guy, the guy had twenty six reps, so he's strong. But his weight's probably a little concerned to be a power runner, 5'10", 2'17". We'll see, though. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that you can't really look at his combine numbers. He's got to look at his tape. And his just tape press looks him. really good, man. Yeah, because he – the, the running back position is not – I mean, it definitely, having a good 40 helps you, you know, in open space. But right, he yeah. can still get four, five yards per carry having a slow 40. I mean, 
it's not a big deal if you have really good vision and you know if you have power with it, it, it could it could help him. So I I want to see where he goes. I, I'm not sure that it's gonna affect him that much because if the team if there's a team that's in love with him already, I don't, I don't think they're really concerned that much about his forty. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they both, you know, I'm rooting. Hopefully, both guys could, like, help themselves in their pro day. So, wish them nothing but luck. Yeah. Tyler? All right. I'm going to go with the guy named from the University of Michigan, Rashawn Gary. I mean, Rashawn Gary had a oopsie-doopsie-like year. Rashawn Gary only had 3.5 sacks. Damn! Which was an 18th season. Rashawn Gary, if you draft him at pick A, you're going by just pure potential, in my opinion. And I think, you know, he does have – he's shown he has great potential. I'm not taking anything away from that. thing is, I think he's a very risky pick at pick eight. Uh, Rashawn Gary's injury history scares me a lot. He reminds me a lot of a Ziggy Yonsa type player. Had a great combine. I really hope a team in the top five falls in love with that dude. I really do. Because I really <laughs> do not want Rashawn Gary at pick eight. I, I really don't. I mean, I'd be so disappointed if we got Rashawn Gary at pick eight. And the reason is, it's like because of injury history, I can't count on that dude to play all 16 games. If he can't do it in the college level, I don't know what makes me believe he could do it in the NFL level. I, I know that's not fair to say for everybody, but I've watched a lot you know, from the University of Michigan, so I guess, I don't know. But I, I don't want Rashawn Gary. I don't know what to say, man. I just don't want that guy. Please don't give me a pick eight. Just please. Tyler... I actually agree with you, bro. Um, I, let's be honest. The best players on the field for Michigan were Devin Bush and Chase Winovich, even when Rashawn Gary was playing. Yes, they were still Straight a very up. productive defense without Rashawn Gary. They no, even really when him. he was playing, though, I think Devin Bush and Chase Winovich still outperformed him. Yeah, I agree. But, I think they played better, you know? I mean, you, you look at his numbers. He had numbers through the roof. I don't, I don't have them in front of me, but he had a great, great combine. Amazing. Um, Top, top probably like top three. Yeah, Overall. so hopefully John Gruden falls in love with him, or like, yeah, hopefully John Gruden falls in love with him. Maybe the Bucks take him. Hey, John, know. John, yes. I know, John, I know you listen to the Pride podcast. Uh, <laughs> just for my sake, please take him. Please take him at pick four. I because I I really don't want him at, at pick eight. Hey, so, John, don't John, take on. Josh Allen. Take take Rashawn <laughs> Gary. And if you're the yes. Bucks, take Montez Sweat. So Josh Allen falls right to us. Yes, because, uh, I mean, John, uh, you, your team needs some potential players. Rashawn Gary is that type of guy. <laughs> go Pair ahead. You just, just go by everything you just said. Pair him yeah. with Boris oh. Hurst. Yes, get the Michigan boys. Pair him with Boris Hurst. Yes. Go as, ahead, John. The thing is, as far as Rashawn Gary, he's like a either going to be one hell of a player or he's going to be a bus. Right. I think it's either or. And that was the same expectations for um, Ziggy Ansah coming out. Was either he going to be one hell of a player or he's going to be a bust? Because I, I don't think he played high school football before. He yeah. came, played like a couple years in college, and then, bam, you know, he had a hell of a year. So they were saying that on draft night that he, he was either going to be either a hell of a player or he was going to be right. a bust. Um, and I think Rashawn Gary has the same type of energy because – I'm not putting all the blame on him. It could be it could be the coaching staff. Because it doesn't there's a disconnect because he seems like he has all the tools. Why is the production not there? Malcolm, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, man. Michigan has Don Brown, probably the yes. best defensive Don coordinator Brown, baby. in Don the Brown nation defense. or one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation. Um, I don't honestly I don't think sometimes he gave it his all. You don't think he gave it his all? The thing is, his, his at numbers... Times, at times he did, at times he didn't. Um, he wasn't consistent. I watched a lot of Michigan games. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Tyler has that's two. The thing. Um, I think... I think his best year was his freshman year, bro. How about that? His freshman I year? I his best year was his first year. Okay. Now... Some people, some people thought he'd be the first overall pick. Yeah. Because bro, of, he came out his freshman year was crazy, and then we're like, yeah. "All right, he could develop into something sweet," you know. And he kind of like he didn't really develop. He was inconsistent. He was injured. So, yeah. uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be that disappointed if we drafted him. I wouldn't be that disappointed. Like if, if there's other guys on the board and we drafted him, I wouldn't be that disappointed because it, it will bring some kind of concern. Like, all right, Burns is still out there. 
Sweat's still out there. Why did Patricia put, you know, select Gary over those guys? So it has to be something that Patricia probably saw in him, that he'll probably be the best fit in the offense. But Gary, I don't think he's going to come in right away and dominate the, the, the league. He, he's not going to do that. He he's a, he's a work in progress. I think that within time, he, he kind of reminds me of a of a Deshaun Hand as far as production. His college production looks exactly like Deshaun Hand's. Um, they had the same amount of sacks, you know. So I think with time he could be good. I, right. I don't see him. I don't see him being, you know, that beast coming in right away like a Josh Allen or somebody. I think Brian Burns will be a bigger impact right away than um, Gary. To be honest, Malcolm, but I'll say something though regarding. I mean, the difference between Hand and Gary was Gary will possibly be a first round pick, and Hand was a fourth round pick, top yeah. ten pick too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, with, with Hand, you had time to um, let him figure it out to get right. adjust to the league. I mean, Gary, if you draft him that high, you expect him to produce, especially right, if you right pass away. some guys. Especially if you pass some guys, like if you pass like a Montez Sweat, and we're looking at week. 13, and Gary only has one sack, and then Montez Sweat has, like, 10. It's going to be all – people going to riot. It's, it's going to – all hell's going to break loose. Yeah. So they got to make sure they get this right, to be honest. I agree. And also the other thing with Rashawn Gary, like Pierre said, it, I mean, I think he's really just a boomer bust pick, honestly. It's very risky. I think there's a lot more safer routes. Go with the Montez Sweat, like you said. There's Cleveland Farrell still. I mean, there's safer routes. And I always Brian praise Burns. Brian Burns, yeah. And I praise for the Lions to, you know, be a little more risky. But this is just too much of a risk, I would say, at pick A, I guess. And, like, the difference is I, I actually really like the comparison, like you said, Deshaun Hand and Rashawn Gary. It actually makes a lot of sense. But Pierre made the point. The difference is uh, Deshaun Hand was, like, a fourth-round pick, and Rashawn Gary was, could be a top-ten pick. And I just don't want to take that big of a risk, personally, because I think there's a lot more safer routes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah, you have like a Brian Burns, Montez Sweat, Ed Oliver. I take Ed Oliver over him. Ooh. I know some people don't like him. I like Ed Oliver. I agree. I take Ed Oliver over You guys, let's not forget, Ed Oliver was the number one player in the beginning of the year, and then he got hurt, and he had a – I don't know if he actually got hurt, but he had a disagreement he did. with the coaching staff or something. He got hurt. And he also like had some disagreements with the coaching staff down there. He didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. But if you look at his tape, man – the dude is a straight-up baller. He's a baller. And they're saying he could play like a Melvin Ingram-type role for some defenses. You bring that if, here, if, man. If they put him on the edge. If they put him on the edge, yeah. Right. You bring that here, man. I mean, and he actually he could be a Melvin Ingram. R.I.P., bro. Rip to Mitch. I think, I think, Aaron, I think he'll be. I think he'll be a, yeah, I think he'll be a hell of an edge guy because even though he did run the 40, I think he's kind of fast. And the reason why I say that is because if you could jump, I think you could run. I think, I think, I think they go hand to hand as far as jumping and running. Um, he had thirty six inch vertical at two eighty seven. That is crazy. <laughs> so Bro, I mean, Isaac Nuwata had a twenty eight inch vertical at six three and two forty four. And yeah. say that again, Malcolm. Say his numbers yeah, again, please. Yeah, he's six foot two, two eighty seven, and he had a thirty six inch vertical, and he he benched thirty two times. So he, he has power, man. Yeah, he's strong, and he has, he could jump out of the gym. So even though he did run the forty, and he's going to run it as pro day, I just can't wait to see it. I think he's going to run. I would say four seven ish, maybe four sixes. But if he does, man, he'll be. I think he'll be in the conversation of maybe drafting him and putting him on the edge because uh, he'll definitely increase the stock. <laughs> he could be gone before we pick two. Let's. This dude's a straight baller. Yeah, yeah. That um, means Josh Allen. Josh Allen, come down, baby. Yeah, I mean, I'll say one thing, too. If Josh Allen falls to, like, five or six, Bob Quinn has to go and trade off for him. Yeah, yeah that's possible. That's possible. Five right, or guys. six, I think five is, um what, New York? Five is Tampa. Six is New York. Everyone thinks New York will either trade off for Haskins or stay and take Haskins. Seven is Jacksonville. Jacksonville could probably look at – they could go pass rusher maybe, too. I'm going to be surprised if they go for Brian Burns, man. Or they yeah. could go tight end, TJ. They could have TJ. They they oh. could go tight end. They oh. released some guys go today, you know, so they might need a defensive they cleared house. Or defensive end. Yeah, they, they cleared, cleared house. house they, yeah. they, 
They were just a lot of guys. They were Carlos just Hyde, uh, the safety. Uh, Sean Gibson. Yeah, and uh, Malik Jackson. I mean, they cleared. Oh, Car- I say Carlos Hyde already. Yeah, they cleared house. And their guard slash tackle, Jeremy Pernell or whatever. Yeah, the, oh. those those guys were not messing around today. No, oh, were... I, forgot to, I forgot to break down the breaking news for the Detroit Lions. TJ Lane got released today. So, oh, yeah, there it is. No, yeah. Nice yeah, kind of yeah, should... So, yeah. Uh, Wish him the I best. Did... Yeah, for sure. Wish him uh, the best TJ. There's one guy we, we didn't even talk about. And, Uh-oh. And, yeah, there's one right, guy we can talk about. about. And um, I have him as like a caution. I have him as like a yellow. Um, because he, I think he's a caution. And that guy is a guy that actually came in and completely put on a show on the combine as far as his 40, his bench, his vertical, his size, mm-hmm. his body fat, um, everything um, as far as what he did. And that's DK Metcalf. So about him, the reason why I have him as a yellow, as a caution, is because he honestly, looking at his tape, he has all the tools to be a successful receiver in the league. Maybe right. a top receiver. I'm just a little concerned about his injury. Neck injuries is not nothing to not nothing to play with. Um between that, his cone drill, a lot of people were overreacting about his cone drill because they were really bad. Like they were compared to like Tom Brady as far as his three cone drill and uh, his twenty yard shuttle. Horrible as far as what he did. I'm not sure what happened. What was the disconnect? When I went back and looked at his tape Malcolm, I'll tell you what happened. Sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, when you're that strong and that big, it's hard to move. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's true. And that's one of my biggest concerns with him. And I'm not sure it's because of his new size, why his cone drill was so bad. But when I went back and watched his tape, he had he showed acceleration as far as you know getting coming back, getting getting comeback routes, and then just turning up field and just burning it on people. So he showed on tape that he can do it. I'm not sure what happened on, on the combine. It was it was bad as far as that. So I'm not sure if, if that should be a big deal. He, you know, he still has a chance to be successful in the league. You know, he ran the four four three three forty, um, and he's strong as hell. I don't know who the hell's gonna um, jam him. I want to jam him. Um, <laughs> um, but I want to see what what happens. I want to see where he goes. A lot of people have him going to Buffalo, but wherever he goes, man, I, I hope he has. You know, I hope he has success. But I'm just a little cautious on him. I'm not. I'm not sold on him. Would you take man. him at eight? No. Man, him and AB in Buffalo would be nice. Oh wait, yeah. I forgot. I wait, forgot. What? <laughs> what are you saying, Tyler? <laughs> I said him and AB would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have him going eight, going on nine in Buffalo, and I mean, if he goes to Buffalo, more power too. I'm just a little worried about his neck injury because it just takes one more neck injury and he could retire. It's that bad. Neck injuries is not nothing you want to play with in the professional in the National Football League. So, I want to see how he handles it. I'm just a little yeah. worried. I, I like the, you know, the caution sign. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't yeah, know I'm, I'm cautious. Cautious. Yeah. I'll give you guys uh, someone I kind of think of. You know, Kevin White, kid from the Bears. They took, I believe, in yeah. 2015. He had a big combine. Uh, ran a crazy 40. Was really big, tall dude. Yeah. Dude, you know where he's at now. <laughs> I haven't heard of that guy. I haven't heard of that guy's name forever. He's still on the roster. He's still on the Bears roster right now. I he's believe deep. he's a free agent now. Hey, didn't, be a free agent. He, didn't he catch that Hail Mary versus the Patriots? He year? sure did. It was him. That's, it was that's him. What I thought. That's what I thought. I, I was going to say, I think I heard his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's, that's why I have him as caution, because he could be a Kevin White. Or he could be a Julio Jones. Like that that's that's the difference on, on what he can bring to right. a team. So I don't know, man. When I watch his tape, some of his catches were like, wow. He made a lot of one hand one handed catches. He showed a lot of range. Um, you know, his wingspan is crazy. I don't know. One thing know. about him, uh to Malcolm, I don't think he's the crispiest route runner either. That's kind of a concern to me also, because he didn't really have a big route trade at Ole Miss, because Ole Miss no, is more like a spread offense. They don't yeah. really they run like verticals and like post nine, routes. nine, nine comebacks, <laughs> nine comebacks and post. Yeah. So I mean, he doesn't really like. I don't exactly, know. exactly. And I thought about that too, but when I was thinking about it, I realized there was a guy who's in the Hall of Fame that had success doing that, and that was Randy Moss. Randy Moss' route tree was it? He didn't have a lot as far as he didn't run the last slant. He knew a lot of in routes, but you give him that non route, and it was over. 
All right, guys, that's a wrap for episode 18. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. Hopefully next week we'll talk about guys that we like that we signed in free agency. Hopefully we'll have some good news, not some bad news. Now we missed out who we signed. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I am Malcolm. I'm with the Detroit Lions video page. All right, guys. Peace out. Peace out, Lions fans. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.